14. Here's the pitch by Downing. Swinging. There's a drive into left center field. That ball is going to be out of here. It's gone. It's 7 There's a new home run champion of all time. And it's Henry From the Tanglewood Studios on the Skynet Global Network, this is Go6 Sports Radio. Good Friday to you and welcome to the Go6 Sports Radio podcast. We're in our sports talk radio format and I'm joined today by Owen Wasleger. Lot to unpack for this weekend as we get ready for NBA. We are going to talk about Major League Baseball a little bit. And of course, the big thing we're going to talk about uh, this week is another NFL preview, the divisional round of the playoffs. It's going to be really exciting. And then towards the end of the podcast, as always, pretty exciting this week, too. We're going to talk about the Saco Bay Sharks, America's favorite and most lovable virtual baseball team. Happy Friday to you, Owen. Yep, happy Friday to you too. A lot of sports to unpack today. Um, a few exciting things around um, sports the last week, so we're going to dive right into it. Yeah, first, uh, just I would be remiss if I didn't mention really sad news for us family-wise. We lost a pet uh, yesterday, sort of tragically, and uh, if anybody has ever had pets, they know the loyalty and the friendship that they provide and in our family, we have one, two, three, four, five, six dogs, like in our extended family. And unfortunately, yesterday we lost the youngest one. And um, not going to get into details about that, but thoughts and prayers, and um, just just not a fun thing when you lose a pet. Um, have lost pets before, and probably will lose pets again. But uh, thoughts and prayers to our little beloved Georgia and, um, you know, thinking of her and her, her, uh, her owners and our family, et cetera. Yeah. It's just something you never want to go through. Unfortunately you do. And this was pretty unexpected, but like you said, prayers to, uh, their owners and surrounded family. And, um, hopefully we can, we can grow from this. Yep, absolutely. So on to a little bit better thoughts, major league baseball, uh, before, Right around when we taped last week, when we recorded last week, the Mets signed Francisco Lindor. And I said that this was a signing that reminds me of when the Mets signed Gary Carter many years ago. That announcement was on Monday Night Football. It was um, the nation was watching Monday Night Football for the most part. And the announcement of Gary Carter signing uh, the Mike Piazza signing, both of those signings were very impactful because they brought the Mets um, into a super competitive World Series contender status. Yeah, And this signing with Lindor, I think we both had talked about it before. We wanted it. Uh, love the guy. Think he's going to be great in New York. Great job by the Mets and their new owner, Steve Cohn, getting right after it right away. 
Yeah, this is a like you said with the Gary Carter signing. This is a really big signing for the Mets. Um, you know, one of the biggest signings of my lifetime as a Mets fan, and this kind of puts them over the edge as of now to be a World Series contender. And I mean, just talking about the person that Lindor is. Uh, you know, they've said around the clubhouse. Trevor Bauer has mentioned it. Carrasco has mentioned it. Just a great guy. Loves loves to play the game. You always see him smiling. And you know, in in addition, you know, he hits for a high average. He's a switch hitter. Um, really good defensively and a guy that's going to be a big surge in the top of the lineup. Yeah. And I think he mentioned it in his press conference and, and it's, and we let's, let's face it all. We know this is old news to a lot of people about the signing, but a couple of things, um, that are important is he mentioned to, you know, he doesn't want to come in and be this big leader that, you know, he doesn't want to step on the toes of the other Mets that have been leaders here. And I thought that was really notable that he wants to be a part of it. Um, he'll do what he can to lead. I'm sure. But the person, everybody's talking about the person as much as they're talking about the player. And the big thing that I thought of right away when they signed them was that they got Carrasco in the deal and Carrasco has some nasty stuff. If anybody watched the World Series that Cleveland uh, uh, participated in a few years ago against the Cubs, Carrasco's stuff was nasty. And if he can be close to that with the Mets, I mean, that provides a great you know, fourth, fifth starter easily, easily. Yeah. So I, th- I think the Mets got got a really good deal here and they're excuse me and they're not done yeah you know just to just to hit on Lindor again you know he said in the press conference he wants to be a little piece to the puzzle and when you talk about a captain in New York he doesn't want to be that captain like you said but he's going to provide uh captain leadership you know by the way he plays and he wants to be a little piece to the puzzle and I think he's really humble guy and he's going to provide that you know excellence to the lineup that they need and um you know just the type of player he is he can teach the younger guys on the team like Dom Smith um uh, Alonzo, guys like that. And, you know, he's a great addition. Um, and then Carlos Carrasco, you know, he's a career. He has a th- somewhere in the three ERA. He's been around for 10 to 12 years. He was with the Cleveland Indians the entire time. So, you know, he did nothing but smile during his press conference. He's really happy to be in New York. And he's another guy that wants to get over that edge um, and, you know, win a World Series. And especially with the Mets, you know, he's a really good guy. He might really be their second best starter if you look at it, even though he'll be number four in the rotation. But, you know, if he pitches well, um, he's going to be a really, really good, powerful addition to the lineup and another veteran guy that can help someone like David Peterson, who might be their fifth starter. Yeah, nasty stuff. And you're right. He could easily be two, three, as well as he could be, you know, fourth or fifth starter. Uh, Cross town, the Yankees look like they're about to sign LeMayu. Um you know, here's my personal opinion on it all. He's good. He hits for average. Great. You know, good for them. I I don't think, I think he's overrated. Um, And, you know, the Yankees by signing him, uh, you know, bring a little bit of attention to their franchise, but they're not even close to outshining the Mets in the offseason yet. And we'll see. I think the Mets, I don't think the Mets are done yet, by the way, but Yankees sign LeMayu and, uh, you know, that's good for them. He's their, one of their solid guys that they really had to sign. They would have really got a lot of criticism yeah. yep. from I don't know why they, uh, they were making this so interesting with signing LeMayu. You know, there, there were some rumors that he might go across town to the Mets and great, I'll take him. And he hits th- over 300 every year. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Daniel Murphy where he has a couple good years here. He's pretty much a pure hitter. He's not, he's not above average defensively. Um, he's just a pretty good contact top of the lineup type guy. And, you know, like Cam Cronin said, he'll put out some home runs in Seamster Park over there in the Bronx. So, um, you know, they signed him for six years, 90 million. 
and I, they had to get this done. I don't know what was taking so long. I was listening to the fan yesterday. They were saying, well, who do you want, Arenado or LeMahieu? I mean, you're probably not going to get Arenado, and LeMahieu will hit for high average, so he fits your lineup pretty well. Yeah, and anybody who uh, I'm sure – Probably nobody out there is familiar with the Seamster Park reference, but Seamster <laughs> Park is a Little League field literally about uh, less than two miles from where I sit right now. We're doing our our taping from two different locations today. You're in Stamford, a.k.a. Stam Vegas. That's right. That's um, right. And uh, I'm quarantining up here in Connecticut uh, in East Hampton. So, um, so that's that's baseball for you. I don't think the Mets are done. It'd be nice if they could get Springer. I think they're, uh, they I might be uh, getting Brad Hand today, the lefty closer from the um, Indians. Um, yeah, they're looking and, to sign and, him. I saw. And we'll reports. get into the Saco Bay Sharks later, but uh, Brad Hand <laughs> is a stalwart, a stalwart <laughs> in the Sharks bullpen for sure. So to see him on uh, the Mets will be great. San Diego's made a lot of noise in the off season. I think it's getting pretty exciting now. And because you and I talk about what to watch on TV and what channels, et cetera, again, I'd advise people, if you have it, watch the MLB network, because it's really going to be starting to heat up now and get us all ready for the, um, the season starting and, and, you know, now with the, with the off season stuff, the free agency, the trades, and occasionally they'll throw a movie on there. The other night field of dreams was on. I did not have feel, uh, I did not have major league, uh, baseball network for, for a little while there. And then I just got it back. So, um, enjoying it, but, but baseball, uh, is starting to heat up. So I wouldn't wait if you're a baseball fan to start watching and paying attention in April, I'd start paying attention now because there's a lot yep. of exciting things happening and hopefully spring training gets off at an, on a normal start time and, and everything goes as normal, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens, but that's yeah. major league well, baseball. One, uh, one last thing regarding major league baseball. I know you're, you know, kind of familiar with Theo Epstein, um, with the Wesleyan connection, but he just got hired by major league baseball. He's going to be working with Rob Manford, the commissioner. Um, they're making baseball a little more exciting now. That's what Epstein wants to do. And they're getting ready. They let us know that they're getting ready for a full pre, uh, spring training and a full season. So just your quick thoughts on Theo Epstein. Yeah. I mean, it, it's another one of those cases where a person says, I'm retiring, I'm taking a year off, and then somebody dangles a carrot out there and says, hey, I'll pay you for you to do this, that, or the other thing. And you know, so, so much for his word about, I'm going to spend some time with my family for a year <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off for a year. But having said that, uh, he is a great mind, a fantastic baseball mind, um, comes from the NESCAC, as you know. And, um, I think he, it'll be a nothing but a positive thing to be working with Manfred on baseball. I mean, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I wish the Mets got him, but I think the Mets did a good job uh, with their general manager hiring because he's a Theo Epstein type. And, um, so I think Theo will be a big help to major league baseball. And I think it's nothing but a positive. So that that's really good. Yep. For sure. So switching gears a little bit, NBA news, uh, you know, like we said, a lot to unpack this week, but NBA news, you know, Harden, we talked about Harden before. I've talked about Harden before on this podcast. Uh, what a clown, you know, really putting the Rockets in a tough spot, lazy, uh, putting his teammates in a tough spot and he gets what he wanted. He gets traded to the Nets. The Nets give up a ton of, uh, a ton for him. 
Yeah, and a and, deal there. They sent out Karis Levert, who's going to the Pacers, um, where Victor El Oladipo is going from the Pacers to the Rockets. And I'm pretty sure they gave up four first round picks to the Rockets, plus a couple swap picks there. So Brooklyn really gave up a lot um, for Harden. I know he's a really good player. Um, like I said, I'm not really a big fan of him, but you know he's played with uh, Kevin Durant before, and I think that connection there is something to look forward to as a Brooklyn Nets fan. But um, now you're going to have three guys that want the ball, and I think that I think that's not a positive. So um, we'll we'll see what happens there. But Harden uh, maybe get some conditioning in there and. Hopefully, I mean, he really didn't. Leave, he left on a sour note over there in Houston. I know uh, Demarcus Cousins was really upset about it. Uh, they just got John Wall, so they might be actually better without him. Yeah, and you know, th- like you said, three guys who want the ball and three guys who don't play defense, which is yep. you know, it, it's it, it it kills me to see offensive players who don't give a lick about playing defense. Although they did say in the broadcast the other night that Durant has worked on his defense and is getting better on his defense. Uh, a couple days before Harden was traded, uh, I was watching a little bit of the Rockets. I forget who they were playing. Maybe Charlotte. I'm not sure. But I noticed before anybody even said it that he looked fat. Harden looked fat. He looked out of shape and he looked fat. And I was, I was before I even re- realized it was him, I'm like, who's that fat point guard handling the ball? And it was him. And he'll pull up you know, and, three. And now that he he got traded, that's what a lot of people are talking about. They're talking about that he's out of shape. And, you know, you don't just whip yourself into shape in two days. You, it, it takes a little while to get into shape. Yes, a little bit easier when you're running up and down the basketball court. And hopefully he's got a nutritionist and, and everything else that will help him with that. But Boy, oh boy, I'll tell you, if I'm a Nets fan, I'm really wondering if I'm if I'm happy or not with this. You gave up a lot uh, long term and you're hoping, you know, now the pressure's on them. They're expected to win the East. Yeah, it's and East, go to the it's finals East or bust, against that's what it is. Right. It's East or bus and go to the finals against the Lakers and probably lose. And nobody remembers the uh, the team who loses in the finals. Nobody remembers that. So uh, we'll see what happens. Who knows if Kyrie is going to come back. My theory is that part of the reason they went out and did this is because they don't, they're not a hundred percent sure Kyrie's coming back and they don't want to put Durant in a situation where he's got no sidekick. He's got no help at all. Yeah. Uh, Irving um, had just been fined 50 K. If you saw that on Twitter um, for breaking the health and safety protocols, and then he'll also forfeit his salary for any missed games during the quarantine period and cannot return and can return to the team Saturday if he uh, continues to test negative. And also if he wants to play basketball, because it seems like he doesn't love the game anymore. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it'd be, these are these are points in guys' careers that are big. Tell You know, it gives him an opportunity to learn and show everybody what his love of the game really is if it's there. And if it's there and he's excited about Harden and he's excited about being part of a big three and maybe winning a championship or at least winning the Eastern Conference and getting to a championship, it'll show. We'll see when his quarantine time is up. We'll see how he responds. Like everything else, it's, it's E plus R equals O. It's the event that happens. It's how you respond. And then super interesting to see what the outcome is. So, um, the NBA is, uh, is, is very interesting and the Lakers seem to be playing well without any drama. So good for them. 
Uh, yeah, it'll just be going interesting. up, you know, uh, to the real New York team here, the Knickerbockers. Uh, they're playing tonight. They're in. They're in Cleveland. Um, the Knicks are five and seven. They're tenth in the East, and the Cavaliers are eleventh in the East at five and seven. New York's favored to win by two points, but um, two teams here that are pretty young. Uh, I know the Middletown, Connecticut native Andre Drummond is a uh, one of the big stars for the Cavaliers. So it'll be interesting. Uh, Drummond versus um. Julius Randle. Uh, I know the Knicks are really young. We watched them the other night struggling defensively, but the bright side is they have Tom Thibodeau who uh, can teach the young guys and they're going to learn from these games. Well, and yes, that is true, but they need, they got to win tonight. They can't they shoot either. Tonight. They need, they need a shooter. So someone's got to step up and shoot the rock. Um, I mean, these guys are in the NBA, you know, you got to make, you got to have someone that can shoot threes on your team or else you're not going to be successful. Well, the other night they had Thibodeau mic'd up and you could hear him telling them, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. They were passing up a lot of shots for some reason. And they're they timid need to, they don't make shots. That's a reason. Yeah, absolutely. They're timid because they don't make shots. They got to make shots and they have to win. And when you're a young team, you know, there's a certain amount of patience, but now they've lost a few in a row, three or four in a row. They need to win tonight. So that's going to be an interesting game to, to watch. And uh, we'll see what happens when we come back. We will talk about this week's NFL divisional round playoffs and what a weekend it's going to be. Two on Saturday, two on Sunday. We will be right back. We are strong. We are resilient. And we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends. Stay in touch with your community and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. All right, welcome back. Here we are on the Go Six Sports Radio podcast. You can find us on any podcast platform. Follow on Twitter at Frozen Rope Eight. Tell your friends about it. Subscribe. Trying to grow our listenership, so you can also jump on the Anchor app and listen, as well as you can Apple i Apple Podcasts and Google Play and Spotify. But if you jump on the Anchor app, you can leave a audible message with a comment or a take and we'll incorporate it uh into the go six sports radio podcast so if you want to be a participant uh maybe even try out as a uh, substitute co-host or something like that (laughs) get on the apple get on the anchor podcast and click on leave a message and leave us an audible message and we can easily incorporate that into the podcast so oh nfl coming up Big games this weekend. The divisional round is great in its own right because now you're starting to drill down to teams that truly belong there. And while Wild Card Weekend was fantastic because of three games each day and the excitement and all that, these are really now it's starting to get really interesting. I mean, you, you think about it, the teams that win this weekend are going to the conference final. Yeah, you know, it's really, really exciting, the division around this weekend. Uh, we'll start with some Saturday games uh, at 4.35 p.m. on Fox. Um, the Rams go to Green Bay. And the night game on Saturday, it's on NBC. 
Baltimore heads up to Buffalo, where they are expecting one to two inches of snow in Buffalo. So with fans, with the snow, it's going to be a really interesting Saturday. So we'll jump right into it. Rams at Green Bay. You know, I really thought the Rams were uh, resilient last week. I mean, their quarterback got got taken out of the game with, you know, an unfortunate hit. Hopefully he's all right. But Jared Goff comes into the game as the active backup, um, you know, 10, 12 days after thumb surgery. You know, he really, I thought he played well, and that's what they needed to win the game. I mean, their defense is going to be there, but uh, for Jared Goff to show up with screws in his thumb, um, win a gritty matchup against the Seahawks, uh, I think that was the most, um, you know, important part of that game, and that's why they're heading out to Green Bay this weekend. Yeah, I agree, and um, I'm a Sean McVay fan, so I'm glad to see the Rams uh, advancing. I think they could beat the Packers. On their best day, I think they can beat the Packers, but they have been kind of inconsistent, and we called that game last week the inconsistent bowl, and we'll see now that they're in the playoffs, and part of that is coaching. Part of If they're going to be ready and they're going to play a good game this week, that's going to be up to McVay uh, to get them ready. Good that Goff's starting. Uh, I saw that Blake Bortles is going to be the backup and um, the their quarterback last week. Um who got hurt is, is out. So Bortles is the backup. Hopefully they won't need him, And hopefully it's a, it's a close game. I yeah. like the idea that these games start, um, you know, four thirty-five on Saturday. So you can do whatever you want during the day. You can get a lot of things done. You can, you know, do whatever you do on the weekends and then settle in four thirty-five as these things start. And, uh, you know, Rams are 10 and six Packers are 13 and three. Um, And you want to talk about a consistent team, man. The Packers are one of the most consistent teams in the NFL. You know, we've talked about it before. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, you know, Aaron Jones, they're just really dynamic. Um, They have Robert Tanyan as a tight end. Uh, Coach Matt LaFure has really guided these guys, and they're one of the most consistent teams in the NFL. You know, I see them winning this week. It could be closer than you think just because of the Rams' defense, but Aaron Rodgers, most likely the MVP in the league this year. You know, I think Green Bay comes out on top just because of their consistency. They got a really good head coach and so do the Rams but I think they have a few more um offensive weapons that are a little bit better than the Rams offensive weapons well number one scoring offense in the league versus the Rams number one scoring defense in the league so that's going to be it'll be interesting I mean I you know if if you're a betting guy you're betting on the Packers because they're more consistent if you had to if you had to absolutely bet on this game. You're betting on the Packers because they've been more consistent. They have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. They are well coached. Uh, He has great weapons offensively and their defense isn't shabby either. And the Rams have been pretty inconsistent. So I think that's a good, you know, like you said, that's on Fox. 435 and Saturday. I mean, yeah, that'll be interesting to to see Aaron Donald here. He got shaken up a little bit last week. I don't know if it was a rib injury, but you know, he'll be ready to go for sure. Um, Yeah, absolutely. He's a monster and he, he's, he's, he's what they call a disruptor. You know, he, he may not sack the quarterback every single time, but they know he's around. And not only do they know he's around, most times they have to put two guys on him, which leaves, you know, the other guys, uh, you know, one-on-one on the line there. Uh, so he, he's a disruptor and he can cause a lot of problems. And hopefully for them, he's healthy. Uh, moving on to Bills and the Ravens, that's an 815, like you said, on NBC. 
Yeah, in Buffalo, you know, they have fans. We mentioned it in the last podcast, tough place to play. Buffalo, a bunch of diehards. You're rooting for Buffalo. You probably don't even like football. Um, the Ravens, I think, I really do think they're one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in the NFL. They had a really good win on the road last week in Tennessee against a very well-coached team. Now they're heading up to Buffalo. And I, I honestly don't want to see either of these two teams lose. Um, you know, I like Josh Allen. I like what Buffalo's doing. Um, and I and I like Baltimore too. So these are two teams. I think this is going to be the best game of the day day. Uh, it's going to be sad to see one team lose, but I mean, these teams are really, really good. Uh, they're really, really consistent. Um, in the last second half of the year, you know, the Ravens have won six in a row, but it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I don't know who's going to win this one. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that there's a lot of people calling you talking about the snow and that, um, by the way, Lamar Jackson has never played in the snow, but I don't think it's really going to matter. The temperatures are going to be kind of warm. So I don't know if you're necessarily going to get snow. And if you do, I don't think it's going to affect him that much. They're playing well enough. I could definitely see them winning the game. There's, there's no question. The, the Ravens are a two and a half point underdog and I think that they could win the game. I mean, I think, you know, when you get to two and a half points on a spread, that's basically even. And I could easily see the Ravens, Ravens winning this game, even, even though it's at Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, they're, they're so hot They're They may be the hottest team in the NFL right now. So Buffalo's going to have all they can handle. And if Buffalo can come out on the plus side of this and win this thing and get to the, get to the AFC championship game, that's going to really tell you something about Buffalo because this they they had a very tough test last week, extremely tough test. That's a tough draw for them in the first round, Buffalo. It's almost an unfair draw for the kind of season they had. And then now you're talking about the Ravens, again, arguably the hottest team in the NFL. And if they can beat the Ravens, they're, they're really going to be – uh, you know, they're going to give, if Kansas City gets there, they're going to give Kansas City all they can handle. Yeah, I think, I think you know, the possible inclement weather, I think if you look at the running games here, both quarterbacks are pretty mobile, but it comes down to the running backs. Uh, I know uh, Zach Moss for the Buffalo Bills um, is their active running back. They just signed Devonta Freeman from the Giants, but J.K. Dobbins is the, is the better running back here. He's having a really good year for the Ravens. You want to put the ball on the ground, uh, I go with the Ravens here. And, you know, without Stephon Diggs, they have Cole Beasley over there in Buffalo, but the Ravens, you know, they make it work on the offense with the with the run-pass option. I think J.K. Dobbins eats in this one. I think the Ravens win it. Yeah, it's going to be – It'll. I, I, I feel like it's definitely going to be a close game and, and a, another fun one to watch, especially if it snows and especially – you know, there's so many storylines. There's there's Josh Allen. There's the type of season that the Bills have had. There's the coaching on the on both sides. There's Lamar Jackson turning things around and and playing with that chip on his shoulder and trying to silence the doubters. And the Ravens being so so hot and the Bills being it's probably like you said it's probably it could be the best matchup of the weekend. Um, Moving on to Sunday here, uh, Sunday January seventeenth, we have Cleveland at Kansas City. That's the 305 game on CBS. And the night-ish game at 640 on Fox is Tampa Bay at New Orleans. So jumping into this one, Cleveland at Kansas City. Cleveland coming off a great win. Um, you know, really, really dominant performance in Pittsburgh. They're traveling to Kansas City, and I think this is going to be a close one. Both defenses are pretty good. I know Denzel Ward is coming back for the Browns. But, I mean, the Chiefs are going to have all they can handle on this one. 
Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, again, you know, can the Browns sustain? Don't forget one of the one of the touchdowns the Browns had uh, was a defensive touchdown. So, but you know, they handled the Steelers well. But the but the big question is, you know, uh, I think the Steelers might stink now. You know they were yeah, eleven I want to and see zero. Consistency but- here with with the Browns. Consistency is the biggest thing. I don't know if they're a consistent team or not. They were eleven and five. Uh, they lost to the Jets, so I don't know how they're going to be here. This could be um, a blowout in Kansas City because Kansas City, you know, I think is the best team in the league. They are the most consistent team uh, other than Green Bay. So this is going to be a test. I mean, I think it can go either way. I don't really think it's going to be a close game. I think I think Kansas City is going to win by two, one or probably 10, 14 points, but. It's 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 hard to tell with this one. It's uh, it is hard to tell, and it will. You know, there's a lot of things going on in all these games. Obviously, the the you know the the main thing is the winner moves on to the AFC Championship. But you know, are the Browns contenders? Are they are they true contenders? Are they pretenders? And what I mean by that is, if they lose the game and they cover, and the spread's ten, by the way, so Kansas City's giving ten points. If they cover. If the Browns cover, then that tells me, yes, this season was really productive. They're moving in the right direction. They need to show the consistency, like you said. And But if they get blown out, there's still going to be some question marks. Can they come back next season and have a good season? Can they make the playoffs next year? Undoubtedly, and not wait until the last week you know, to get in. So it will tell you a lot about the Browns. I don't think you'll learn as much about the Chiefs. I don't think you need to know too much more about the Chiefs. The you know teams traditionally coming off a bye in the playoffs are prepared and play well, and we know Kansas City is well coached. So I could see this being a blowout. And if I'm betting this game, I'm taking Kansas City. If I had to bet this game, I'm taking Kansas City for sure. I think the run for the Browns ends, and. Um, I think you might see some interesting and close, uh, you know, some indicators that the game's going to be close in the beginning for a little while. But then I think eventually Kansas City will, will uh, come out yeah. on top you know, and, they'll, for, and they'll probably cover that spread. Yeah, I'm happy for Kevin Stefanski. You know, he's going to be out there coaching again his first playoff uh, coaching experience as he was out uh, with uh the COVID protocols last week, he'll be back. The Browns are getting some defensive weapons back. It's going to be close in the first half, but I mean, just exciting to be a Browns fan. You know, you're not supposed to win this game, so go out and enjoy it. Uh, moving on to the night game. We have Tampa Bay at new Orleans. This is going to be the third matchup of the year. Um, you know, the, the one, the one matchup that sticks out to me the most is when the, the saints beat, uh, Tom Brady 30, 30, I don't know. I think it was 38 to three or 30 to three. Uh, in Tampa Bay, the, the Saints have a really, really good defense. Um, you know, Brady's coming off. They won last week, but the, but Chicago stinks. I, I don't think Chicago is good at all. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one because New Orleans has a really, really good defense, but they are also are a little inconsistent. So um, this is going to be – the spread is perfect. It's minus three New Orleans. I think it's going to be a one-score game. You know, it's going to be interesting to see the adjustments made by the Buccaneers here and also the Saints because, you know, Drew Brees, this could be his last playoff game. This could be his last playoff run. Yeah, as I always say with Brady and when he was with the Patriots as well, here's one of the keys that everybody should look out for. If the Saints get pressure on him, they don't have to sack him. If they get a lot of pressure on him, if he's under duress, if they're getting hands up, if they're tipping a couple passes, he's going to have a tough day. With the Patriots for 20 years, he was protected in the pocket. And and I always say, 
you know, Belichick probably told his offensive lineman, if you allow a sack and you're responsible, <laughs> you're getting cut because that's how they protected him. I mean, he was, he was, he sat there and was able to look at, look, keep his eyes downfield, look for the open receiver and get him, you know, for 20 years. You saw on occasion this year, he is not protected like he was with the Patriots. Sometimes they protect him pretty well, but sometimes they don't. And when they don't, it's it's a little bit of a struggle for him. So if the if you're a Saints fan, you're looking for your defensive line to get pressure on Brady and make it difficult for him. Yeah, um, yeah like you said, you know, that's the biggest thing there, getting pressure on Brady. And I mean, I think I'm taking Tampa Bay in this one. The, the amount of weapons that Tom Brady has, this is like – uh, heaven for him in Tampa Bay. I mean, he's got three number one receivers, arguably. He has Rob Gronkowski, Scotty Miller. He's got a pretty good defense. So I think the Bucks are going to win this one, and I think they need to. I mean, I think I don't really think the Saints, you know, they've been one of the best teams in the league, always in the playoffs, but I think the Buccaneers have more offensive weapons, and if the Buccaneers' defense can hold a little bit, they'll be all right. But like you said, the defensive pressure from the, from the Saints' defensive line has got to get to Brady. Uh, but I'd be shocked if Tampa Bay loses this one. Yeah, that that's that's interesting that you say that because I I don't necessarily agree with that. I'd be a little more shocked if New Orleans lost, but you do have Mike Evans a week another week healthier. He was banged up a little bit. You have you, uh, for Tampa. You have Chris Godwin who has 15 catches for almost 300 yards and four TDs in his last three games. So he's hot. And shame on New Orleans if they don't recognize that. I'm sure they see that in film. I'm sure they know being in the same division, they got to shut down Godwin or they got to make life difficult for him also, or they're going to have a long day. And the only way I would agree with you there is New Orleans has been inconsistent at times. I think Breeze, this is going to be his, maybe his last year. I don't think he's playing great. And I could see Tampa winning it. I wouldn't be shocked, but I could see them winning it and getting to the NFC final, which would be what every media outlet wants. They want Brady and they want the Buccaneers in the NFC championship game. And they're, all they're going to be talking about there is if they could possibly win and get to Tampa for the Super Bowl. So um, it'll be interesting. Again, I know we use that word interesting a lot, but it'll be fascinating actually for all these games. The storyline in all these games, if you're a sports fan, if you're a football fan, the, there are multiple storylines in all of these games. And to see how they play out is just so much fun to watch. And that's why the NFL, as much as we love baseball, the NFL is the most popular sport because you get, you know, a lot of casual fans want to watch those storylines, want to see how those storylines play out. And then, you know, like we talked about the Buffalo fans, uh, p- t- people are passionate for their teams in the NFL. So the divisional round is as, is as really as good as it gets. So we want to, you know, what you want to do is you want to settle in later in the day on each of the days, Saturday and Sunday and watch it all play out. Yeah, I agree. And three out of four of these games, uh, excluding the Browns, Kansas city is going to re- really be focused on the defense, you know, Cleveland and Kansas City, they both don't really have they, – they have decent defenses, but not the top defense in the NFL, top 10. Um, that game is going to be a shootout, I think. I think in the Rams-Green Bay, defense is going to win that game. Baltimore-Buffalo, defense. And also in Tampa Bay-New Orleans, I think it's going to come down to defense in that one, You know, even though you have uh, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks going at it. Yeah, and, and real quick, we'll talk about the college football championship just really briefly in a minute, but I think you're absolutely right. you got to get stops – 
and you got to prevent teams from scoring touchdowns. And it seems this year that if you stop teams from scoring in the red zone, at least touchdowns in the red zone, you have a little bit better chance to win. So I agree. Like people have said since the beginning of time, defense wins championships. And I think you'll see it. And I think you're going to see a lot of unders on the, with the betting this weekend. I think you're going to see a lot of unders. I think teams are going to be really studying their film, watching, knowing, being aware of how the, what the other team likes to do and doing their best to, to shut them down. Uh, just So the NFL is going to be great. And just talking about the college football championship, again, congratulations to Alabama, Nick Saban. Their offense was unbelievable. I mean, you and I talked about teams getting stops, and I, I even predicted that maybe take the under in that game because teams wouldn't get off to a good start. Uh, Alabama's offense, that was the one thing where, you know, the, they couldn't they could not be stopped. You know, and Devontae yeah, Smith, I mean, although he got hurt, he had a he had a game's worth of statistics in the first half. And they're just they're just you know, mow, mow people down. And before I forget, you know, I saw somebody, I saw a tweet where they were ranking the best coaches of all time in any sport. And they talked about Gina Oriema and they talked about Bill Belichick and they talked about Nick Saban and somebody responded, you know, Saban shouldn't be up there because he's got a lot of great players and all he has to do is, is coach them up and you know, that kind of thing. That's absolutely crazy. And here's why. They got. They have good players, Owen. They have good players every year. They get yeah, whoever they, they want in the country. And why? Because they're good. And he built them to be good. They weren't great when he got there. They were in a lull. So he built them into an absolute power. And of course, if you're one of the best receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, linemen, uh, defensive backs in the country in high school, you're a five-star recruit. Why wouldn't you want to go to Alabama? Yeah, you want, a chance, you want a championship, and they're in that position every single year. Every single and year, that's because there. of him. That's yeah. absolutely because of him. So, congratulations to Alabama. They did what they needed to do. What people thought they would do. Uh, Ohio State, you know, it, it was hard for them to compete against an absolute powerhouse. It was really, it was really astonishing. We'll use that word to see the defense of Ohio State because they have a pretty good defense. You know, they played really good defensively against Clemson, yet, you know, we're watching the games and uh, Devonta Smith is open by six, seven yards every time. So I don't really get it there. I mean, I know Devonta Smith is the best receiver in the country and they have a lot of, they have two or three number one receivers that might go in the first round there at Alabama. But, you know, um, the Buckeyes, you know, they had, Bama was too much to handle for them. You know, they'll be back. Uh, Ryan Day is a really good head coach. Um, but I guess... I guess at the end of the season, Ohio State is uh, ranked 11th and Clemson's ranked 12th. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, fun to watch. Great that the college football season uh, got to completion. So we'll see what next year brings. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about America's favorite and most lovable virtual baseball team, the Saco Bay Sharks, when the Go Six Sports Radio podcast returns. If you think or know you had COVID-19, you can be around others after 10 days since symptoms first appeared and after 24 hours with no fever without fever-reducing medication and after other symptoms have improved. If you have tested positive for COVID-19 and you had no symptoms, you can be around others 10 days after you got tested for COVID-19. 
To learn more, visit cdc.gov coronavirus. Okay, so as we do every week, giving you the update on the Saco Bay Sharks. This is a virtual baseball team that I play with in the segment of Diamond Dynasty in MLB The Show 20. And I play that on PlayStation. And basically in Diamond Dynasty, you put together your team over a time period and you buy and sell players using a currency called Stubbs. And sometimes you'll buy a player and his value will go up and you sell them and you make a profit. And that's how you build up your stubs. And you can also legitimately buy your stubs with money, which I don't do too much of. And I don't think anybody does too much of, but, uh, but anyway, got a good team. And as I said, a couple of weeks ago, Owen, the sticks are hot. Yeah, I want to say, by far, this is your best season. Just um, letting the audience know about this. So in Diamond Dynasty, you know, we've been playing the game since last March, April-ish. And every few weeks or once a month, they start a new season. But you keep your same record. So you can see your progress throughout the different seasons. So for you, I would definitely say this is your best season so far. Yeah, like you said, you keep your overall record. And mine is something like 96 and 120 maybe. So, you know, I had been 30 games under 500 for quite a while, learning curve and all that stuff. But each season is separate. And this season, I'm literally like 16 and 11. So I, I, I'm, I'm legitimate this season. I'm playing pretty well. Uh, the most exciting thing that happened was, yeah, seven-game winning streak. Most exciting thing that happened last week was – uh, right after we taped, I guess, was Trevor Bauer, for me, spun a no-hitter. And that was actually really exciting. I'd never never thrown a no-hitter before. I needed the win pretty badly, so I was more focused on getting the win and less so on the no-no. But when it got to like the eighth inning and I was counting down the outs, I thought, boy, we're getting close here. And I think I posted it on Twitter at Frozen Rope 8. I posted the clip. But it was pretty exciting. It, w- it was a lot of fun to throw a no-hitter with a guy and uh, got the win. And that actually propelled me. I've, I, like you said, won seven in a row now. And, uh, you know, just playing pretty well. I had Rod Carew for a while back, and he was he was absolutely raking. Then he probably didn't hit for about 20 games. And now he's, he's starting to really swing the bat well. Hit a two-run homer for me the other day, barreling balls left and right. Uh, picked up Freddie Freeman recently. Great, what they call diamond defense in MLB The Show, and also a really good hitter. Picked him up. Just just to uh, give the fans a little insight here. So 
you know, three outs to go in the ninth inning? Are you getting those little butterflies in your stomach? You know, almost like real life when we watch Johan Santana throw the no hitter, you know, are you a, a little nervous here? Like uh, excited butterflies that you might throw your first ever no hitter MLB the show? It's amazing because I've caught no hitters as a catcher. I've witnessed no hitters as a fan and as a coach. And again, wasn't even thinking about it. And really, truly sounds corny, but you've mentioned it before. There's a lot of similarities to real life baseball and you're sort of taking it pitch by pitch and focused on getting the win. I had guys up in the bullpen because I was up five, nothing. I wanted to protect the five, nothing lead. I wasn't thinking at all about the no hitter. And, you know, even if the, you know, had the pitch count been higher, I probably would have taken him out because I wanted to get the win. I didn't want anything to blow up on me. But when I get to the ninth, I'm really thinking, okay, I'm three outs away from a no-no here. And yeah, you start to try to, again, just like coaching or just like being a catcher and catching a no-hitter, those fleeting thoughts go through your head like maybe a no-hitter here. But you're fortunate enough to override those with the moment with, okay, what pitch are we throwing here? Okay, we got this guy 0-1. We got to make another good pitch here. We got to get him to 0-2. We cannot make a mistake here. And so, yeah, with the, you know, the last guy, I fell behind 3-1 and and did not want to walk him. But in the same vein, because I was up 5-0, I could be a little, I could nibble a little more. So nibbled, got the 3-2 and and struck the guy out on him on a slider or a knuckle curve. Sorry. That was the go-to. That was the put away pitch for this outing with Trevor Bauer was the knuckle curve. And when I, once I got the three, two went to knuckle curve out of the zone, he chased and, and got it. But yeah, a little bit of nerves there. Uh, but Were again, over the air when you, when you, when you uh, successfully threw the no hitter hands thrown up in the air, pumping the fist, the whole bit watching, you know, making sure I, I clipped for people who don't know, I make sure I clipped the, uh, press a button on the controller to make sure I save a recording of the game. And then I cut a little piece of that recording out and put it on Twitter. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. And that propelled me to like a seven game winning streak, which I'm currently on right now, seven game winning streak in this season. So it's, uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And I think the biggest part of it is, you know, that it's like real baseball and you're really competing. So the Saco Bay Sharks, Go ahead, all. Yeah, I mean that's monumental. Honestly, I've only thrown one. I mean, it's it's tough to throw them in the game, especially when you have a meter and you know the guy's stamina is not too not too high all the time. So that that's that's a big uh, accomplishment for you there in the Saco Bay Sharks. Yeah, and you know what the thing is? Here's the thing, and you mentioned it. When you're up five nothing late in the game and you're dominating the other team, a lot of times guys quit, so you don't get the opportunity to throw the no hitter. You don't even get that opportunity. But so give my opponent credit. I probably should have sent him a message. Give my opponent credit for hanging in there and finishing the game and allowing me to actually get the no hitter 
And, you know, you sort of wish that's what everyone would do. Uh, there should be some kind of a mechanism in the game that penalizes you if you quit, because a lot of guys quit when they get down early, three, nothing, four, nothing, five, nothing. A lot of guys quit and that's good. You'll take the W, but if you're in the middle of trying to pitch a no hitter and a guy quits, that's kind of a bummer. So, um, really good for me. Good for my opponent for sticking with it in that game. Saco Bay Sharks, 16 and 11 in this season, very hot. And, you know, I think they're starting to feed off America's, um, America's enjoyment of them because they are, you know, America's favorite uh, and most lovable virtual baseball team. I think you might get a test tonight when we uh, square off in an exhibition, a friendly exhibition. Yeah, friendly exhibition. You haven't played in a little while, so trying to get you back on the sticks and getting you, getting your, you know, muscle memory, getting your feet under you a little bit. And so the Saco Bay Sharks are willing to um, play <laughs> you, you. The offer. Yeah, I accept the offer, and uh, we'll see what happens. That'll be fun. It'd be fun to play a game that doesn't mean a lot, but that we can work on a few things. So that's your update on the Saco Bay Sharks, and that'll that'll pretty much wrap it up for us. We had a lot to talk about this weekend for this weekend. Um, for sports, a lot of great viewing. Make sure you tune in to your local stations, look on the internet, find out, you know, we mentioned it in the podcast, but find out where you can watch all this stuff and enjoy the weekend. And the Go Six Sports Radio podcast will be back at you next week. Take care.